Son Kearney on to his right foot and he cracks it home. Brilliant finish from Harrison Reed. Hello and welcome to the That's So Craven podcast, your Fulham podcast from down under. And we are back again to discuss the Aston Villa game on the weekend. We're also going to be touching on the Fulham women's team and the under-21s and giving some updates on recent results and upcoming fixtures. It's very late for Sammy and you're spreading a beautiful November there, Sammy. How are we going? Thank you. The lead up to this podcast for reasons we can't explain just yet has been very, very chaotic. We're filled with a lot of anxiety and panic. There is a stress in the air, which is great. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna ride off this energy. We're not discussing what's going on, but just know that everyone's kind of slightly panting right now. Uh, it just shows <laughs> your level of fitness, Sammy. I'm not panting, I'm thriving. Um <laughs> I'm not. I'm knackered. Um, Dad, how you going? <laughs> yeah, good. Thanks. Uh, busy little period for the uh, the Craven boys. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, good to be here, and um, yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get straight into it. We um, have the Aston Villa game coming up this weekend. So, um, I mean, let's touch on the previous result, I guess slowly and, and very slightly the fact that we went down to Man United last week and what is a really disappointing loss having looked back on it and spent a bit of time thinking about it a game where we really could have picked up some points and kind of feels like a bit of a missed opportunity now which is not something you'd usually think about saying when you consider games against Man United but Sammy now you've had a bit of time to reflect on that loss how are you feeling about it all? Well, I felt a bit better about it, but then they got thumped by Copenhagen in a really embarrassing way. And then all that did for me was as I was on the curb of getting over it, and then it just turned back into that could have been us. So, you know, uh, it's a bit like seeing it's a bit like seeing somebody that you dated with somebody slightly hotter than you, but at the same time you just kind of get over it, don't you? It's all just time. It's time heals everything. You have to get over it. Otherwise, you're going to be um, yeah, spending your days very glum. Dad, um, same question to you, I guess. It feels like a missed opportunity, or do you think you know we should not really ever expect points from a game like Man United? No, look, I think we, we've, uh, we, we've all been sort of following this as close as you could ever follow it. And <clears throat> it's an open secret that it was there for the taking, um, but we didn't make the best of our opportunities. Uh, there was a moment of, of, uh, kind of individual, uh, can I say brilliance? Well, certainly yeah, yeah, good skill. Yeah. Um, he did a good job, you know, and, um, uh, what can you do? It would have felt better if it was, I don't know, maybe in the 50th minute, you know, not the 91st minute. It's just miserable. And I think it 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 leaves you with a quite a different feeling when you you uh, end up feeling kind of robbed. And <sighs> not just that, it's it's sort of heartbreaking that it's happened the last couple of times we played Man United. Every game seems to be this sort of heartbreak. We had that the the last game before the World Cup break where Garnacho scored in the fourth minute of injury time. We've had this one now. We had the heartbreak of seeing three people sent off against Man U in the cup. Um, the last day of the season, you know, it's it, yeah, it's it's all just not last day of the season, but that game against them towards the end of the season. It, um, we feel like we're just not taking those opportunities against United that seem to be there for the taking, and 
I hope we can turn that around at some point. Let's look forward, though, to the Villa game. And, Sammy, Villa are flying high at the moment. Yeah, I I reckon we're going to get absolutely spanked by Villa, um, way more so than Man U. Um, like, off the bat of Steven Gerrard, just they are completely, completely revitalised under Unai Emery. Um, I mean, like... Like Martinez, World Cup winner, Tielemans is incredible. I mean, we saw what he was like for Leicester, just completely bossing that entire team by himself. Now he's actually got support and just Ollie Watkins, arguably, outside of like the big names. This is this is potentially controversial. You guys might not necessarily agree. But, um, outside of like the main top strikers, he's probably the best striker in the Premier League. Out, you could argue probably the most underrated, like outside of like your heavy hitters, like your Harland, even like your Sons. So I and also as well, they just they're just well worked. They're well worked. I mean, they're they're a top European club now and um, thriving. So it's probably going to be painful, but um, these these things just be. You know, sometimes they just. Be. Yeah, look, Villa are a very good side. They played really well last year. We obviously know that they were up and around us towards the end of the season and um, they, they did leapfrog us towards the end of the year. But, Dad, I don't know if you've looked at Villa's recent results and, and kind of their whole start to the season. I know we're only 10 or 11 games in, but has to be said, they probably have had one of the easiest runs uh, of any team in the Premier League this season. If you talk about the sort of big teams that you have to play in the Premier League, uh, they played Newcastle on the opening day and lost 5-1. They played Liverpool on the 3rd of September, lost 3-0. Um, they did spank Brighton. But apart from that, you know, they've played Nottingham Forest, who they lost to, Luton, West Ham, Wolves, um, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Burnley, and Everton so far. So it's not like they're playing, you know, the, the top teams and they're, they're playing those sides that are pushing for Champions League spots, they maybe haven't been fully tested this season. Do you think that m- maybe their good run to the start of the year has contributed to maybe thinking that they're a better side than they actually are? I, I like your lines of inquiry, but I'm not buying it. They're actually <laughs> <laughs> they're actually a good side. And I I'm reckon... Positives here. I know, I know, I know, I know. You know what? Um, I think they would they'd be faring pretty well, um, even if they were playing, you know, if they had the same set of fixtures as us, I think they'd probably be faring just as well. What's frustrating about it is it kind of had that feeling last season that they're, they're the kind of the side that we thought we were, and mm. they've got on with it. Yeah. And they've they've actually delivered, and we have fallen in a bit of a not a hole, but you know we've we've lost a couple of key pieces, and just doesn't seem to be working for us. It's not absolutely catastrophic, but there's it's amazing how just those few little pieces have kind of derailed us, and. Um, where we keep talking about it, we're sort of hanging in there, but for the grace of three pretty shit sides and uh, even bottom half of the table not being able to string points together, 
so so you know the universe is trying really hard for us but we're not really doing our bit are we yeah like villa is a really good example as well of just i mean not every single player on their team is elite there are some just casual up and comers on there but it is a complete team um i can't say that we're a complete team at the moment we talk about it every week and it's really interesting when you have like a good manager with a team that has a kind of covered all around the park and so it's just able to flow and they just flow nicely and i imagine they'll probably flow all over us but, but that's okay last, that's okay look Gross. last season we weren't we weren't an elite team or an elite squad but we and yet we were one. really high yeah complete and really high functioning Mm. And taking a couple of pieces out of that, and the high functioning thing has gone wrong. Mm. And look, um, I, anyway, yeah, I, I think Aston Villa. We we talk a lot about Brighton and how they uh, are sort of the template for what teams like like Fulham should be hoping to do going forward. But when you actually look at Aston Villa, that that's the kind of not the side that I want to be, but. They've done really well off the back of a good season last season to mm. just do enough to strengthen. I mean, they sold uh, Cameron Archer to Sheffield United, sold Aaron Ramsey to Burnley. Uh, that put sort of uh, thirty million in their pocket. Um, they they made a couple other sales as well. Marvelous Nakamba went to Luton, um, so they picked up a little bit of money. They made a couple of good loan signings. Zaniolo from Galatasaray is a good player. Um, but what they did really well was sign those handful of really good players that take you to that next level. Mm-hmm. Tillemans on a free transfer. Pau Torres um, at centre-back spent $32 million on him. Musa Diaby on the wing spent $52 million on him. And and those guys are the guys that are actually making the difference this season. Um, they, they strengthened the spine by going, let's buy a really good centre-back who's now started every game for them and um, they're keeping a couple of clean sheets and he scored a goal. Let's buy a winger and that winger in Diaby, um, I, I think he's picked up three goals, three assists so far this season and just adds something extra to Ollie Watkins, who we know is a good striker already. Zaniolo in the middle is a really strong defensive midfielder. Um, you know, they, they've just done the right thing to strengthen the team in the right way. And I think that it makes a massive difference. Um, it's actually, and it's it, what you what we wanted from Fulham. It's actually yeah, it's actually infuriating when you think about how well they have done post Grealish and post um like releasing him for like what was it a hundred hundred mil or like something uh, just like a stupid number. But they've just redistributed that just so effectively. And um, then, I, to be honest, all they really needed was a decent manager going forward, and now they've got that. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's a great example. It's it's actually a really good kind of thing because you can kind of look at it and be like, oh yeah, we can definitely, we can definitely be that. Um, the, there just needs to be all the things that we talk about on a very regular basis that fall into place. So I see them as an aspirational club at this stage, you know. Well, when I said high functioning, I was talking about on field and the results, but clearly that extends to the boardroom and to the executive because they're doing all the right things, aren't they? Mm, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, they're, the movements they made in the transfer market are the kind of movements I wish we'd made in the summer. And we had the ability to do that with the sale of Metro. 
um, and, and you know, offloading a couple other players as well. We definitely had the ability to to add some talent to the squad, and and those are the kind of players you're looking for. They're not world beaters. No, we had We're the, not expecting these huge we had the resources. To join. Absolutely, we had the money but, um, and the resources. We didn't have the it, ability. <laughs> but it's just it's just smart signings as well. It's it's not as simple as just spending money on someone because he's a big name. It's about buying players who really complement the squad and and slide in really nicely. And I think Silver's always been quite good at that, um, buying players who just slip into the system really well. It's it's now just about seeing Fulham do the same thing. And and hopefully we we will see a bit of movement in January. And we I know Sam, you hate talking about transfer rumors, but there are quite a few rumours swirling around about Andre now being um, favoured to go to Fulham, which would be a huge signing for Fulham to to have him strengthening the midfield. And um, there's a lot of talk about strikers as well, um, Jimenez being signed, maybe a few other players as well who are on the radar. And um, look, we, we can only hope and cross our fingers. And obviously these are just rumours at the moment. We've got a couple more months to wait, but am, I'm hopeful. Am I? Am I the only person who thinks signing a second Jimenez is not just weird, yeah, but also possibly it, it's kind of like the definition of really hopeful, isn't it? Look, First I'd Jimenez. happily, I'd happily swap one for the other. It's just kind of like <laughs> I don't if think you that's go the in, deal. I don't know, no, just just swap a Jimenez for another Jimenez. It's like going to the body shop and just being like, oh, like this this soap I've got is a little bit busted. Well, it's like even better. Anyone who got Jimenez on the back of his shirt can go in just get the J <laughs> yeah, replaced exactly. G. Yeah, yeah. Literally bait and switch. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. So, guys, I mean, looking forward to this one, how, how do you see this one turning out? For me personally, I know, Sammy, you said we'll get spanked. Uh, I, I don't think it's a matter of getting spanked in this game. Um, Villa do like to score goals. They've, they've put away 26 already in the 11 games so far, but they do concede as well. They've conceded mm. 16 goals so far this year. So it's definitely not a... Uh, a surefire defence. Um, I think there's opportunities there. But again, we've talked about it week in, week out. Where do the goals come from for Fulham? So so I get well, Dad, I'll throw to you first, actually. How do you think Fulham can affect a win against Villa? Yeah, about 32 degrees today, I think. Jack, really, really beautiful day. Um, <laughs> no, only kidding. Um, look. Uh, it, our, our our wingers are capable of scoring. Is is there a goal with the top three or or the, the three who might start? I don't I don't know, Jack. I don't really know. Uh, look, it, it's it's entirely possible that we can score, but, but I'm just not very confident, and I wouldn't like to put a number on it. I think the bigger question for me is, um, how how do we defend? Because last year. There were a couple of separate periods where I was very, very confident against all but maybe Arsenal and Man City that we could we could keep balls out of the net. We could certainly keep it to low numbers, you know, maybe one. Um, and obviously we've got a lot of challenges at the back this season, you know, mainly injury-based. Um, and We've had some really good things happen as well. Castagna, Defugerol, Bassi uh, coming in. But it's it's all very unbalanced. And things can happen, can't they, at, you know, at the back there. And so 
you asked me how many goals can we get. Um, I'd no, love to see many, Harry how Wilson. Many, where do they come where, from? Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see more of what William was doing last week. He, he did look dangerous and creative in, in moments. He's just not stringing 60 minutes together, you know, let alone 90. I, um, despite what I think a lot of people are saying, I, I, I'm still not feeling with Harry Wilson. Um, I, I'd actually prefer Bobby Decadovery to start, um, mm. and Harry Wilson to come on, but not be given 10 minutes. I, I just don't think he's a 10 minute impact player at all. I think he's actually got to be given much more than that. Um, but I'd, I'd rather see Bobby Decadova Reed, um, playing on the right. And not 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 that he's a prolific, prolific scorer, but I think he he actually creates more, and he's more likely to to cook something for for whoever's up front. Sammy, ah, mm. uh, look, okay, like Premier League's weird at the minute. Like, I feel that anything can happen. I mean, outside of just weird stuff like VAR, the commitment to tightening up on like the rules. Like, really over, like, the last weekend, like, I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw the most recent um, uh, Chelsea Spurs game and all the, like, the I was about to say, but um, just, like, the cluster that that was. I mean, it because everything's really contentious now. So who's to say that something chaotic could happen? Maybe um, Villa can get a red card, and then it's kind of just completely open season. I think. I think at this stage there is very little chill at Fulham in our attacking front three. So, uh, I'd 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 love to see um, Silver at least have like a strategy. When I was talking, I mean, we were talking about it the other week. But um, uh, at least have a strategy where we can allow players like William and Harry Wilson just a bit more time to just control the game a little bit more because I we're probably going to have to play pretty heavy possession in this in this circumstance because the I think the longer that we allow Aston Villa to like retain possession, the more essentially we're just going to be very damning to our end result. I I I don't know. This is a really hard. This is a really hard one for me, at least. I don't really know where goals come from, but I feel this really feels like it could be just one of those bogey games where, like, I I don't know. This uh, there's something. It could just be the energy that I'm in right now. But I feel that anything could just probably happen in this. It's a bit tragic, to be honest, because I feel like we're just desperately hanging on till January and hoping. <laughs> yeah. Hoping that, that the sky doesn't fall in. We've and got that, so many games yeah. to cover between now and then. <laughs> yeah, and and that all the teams below us just do awfully and continue to do awfully. And who cares how far the top ones get away from us? Um, but you know, I just feel like we're hanging on, which is which is all very depressing and pretty negative and grim. But I, you know, I don't really know what else we can do. We we've got ourselves in a corner here and um you know we're stuck with the 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 lot we've got also to well, add on to that point as well sorry sorry jack but i just i just want to get this in as well like with the with the premier league at the moment even if we get goals goals 
have kind of become a point of negotiation anyway. This isn't necessarily my <laughs> right. like individual thought. I've actually ripped this from another podcast, but I do think it's a good point to add into this one. But it's <laughs> just it's just and that goals are kind of becoming a debate. So for like teams like us, that is probably only realistically gonna get maybe like one goal in this game, two if we're playing incredibly well. I mean, how how yeah, but, can we but, justify the purpose? But Sam if if you if you want to get into the the sort of realm of buying a goal through hot debate you know if you're man city or liverpool or i don't know spurs or or, or I, I guess one of the big top 6 clubs you can crowd the ref and pr- try and buy an opportunity but if we do it we get a send off oh, but it's less it's less even about that though because like it's the refs among themselves like there's nothing players can really do to like sway opinion what on earth are you on about sammy it's way too late talking. over there i am just yeah. talking i'm just talking Goals and that's what I'll no, they're not. you put the ball in the net and that's a goal no that's bollocks that is bollocks because that has not been the case the last couple of weeks there's not been the case for the last couple of weeks um every goal has become contentious it, like it's basically rugby now it really really is because any goal that happens, it's never just a goal. It is a goal, and then it's contested, and then it's approved. Well, no, it's not contested. It's that, checked. that is true. It's checked yeah. to see if it is a goal or not. That doesn't mean it's debated because it's not actually debated. We're the ones who debate it. But at the end of the oh. day, it's either a goal or it's not. Oh, I disagree. I I I, I disagree. I disagree. It, anyway, um, look, I I think. Selection is going to be a big part. I, I, you, neither of you guys have mentioned it, but I would really love to see Iwobi starting again and maybe playing a little bit more advanced. I think he. Oh, sorry, I ma- thought that maybe... was a given. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is, but does um, do we see him play more advanced than he was previously? He was playing basically defensive midfield, sometimes sitting behind Polina. I'd actually like to see him much further up mm. the field, and yeah, and and maybe you see Harrison Reed come back into the side, and Pereira come off the bench again, as he did. Um, I think it was in the cup he came off the bench. Um, <laughs> but it, I, I think Wobi could actually be the key to unlocking something up front, because just to add a different dimension, because it's just not clicking at the moment for me. And the other the other thing I'd actually roll the dice on is actually giving Tom Kearney a, a, a bigger role. Because yeah. he he he's always a guy, you know. You 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 can't buy that kind of creativity. And I know we always thought we had better in, for much of last season, or we 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 kind of didn't trust him. I know he's had some injury issues as well that he was coming back from, but he 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 definitely was sidelined. But I think I I think we we need to actually not change our alliance, but kind of rely on him a bit more well i i saw a comment and i can't remember who it's from off the top of my head but someone saying tom canny um controls a game and controls the pace of a game as well as pretty much anyone in the premier league and i mm. i agree with that i think when canny's on the field our tempo is completely dictated by him and we just seem to play with um i, I don't know what it is a little bit more skill a little bit more flair maybe the passes just seem to go to the right places all the time the players seem to be in the right places all the time you you look at some of the goals we score when Kenny's on the field it's a lot of intricate passing around the edge of the box really good Mm. through balls he he does add 
a huge dimension to the team. The problem is um, he he maybe cannot last at this stage 90 minutes and maybe that's because of, um, you know, little niggles or or maybe it's just because the, the pace that Kenny plays at is a little bit slower than what's required sometimes in the Premier League. Um, so, I, look, I, I agree with that, though. I think having Kenny in the side does make a massive difference and I, I think we just need to look at what we can do to add a bit more creativity to the side going forward because it just feels a little stale at the moment and we do feel like we're just trying the same thing over and over again, just rotating the striker and seeing if it works, but not actually changing what's sitting behind those strikers. I do I do I do actually I do agree with you. I do I do think um Kenny does completely control and he does slow down. I mean for the only the only hesitation I always have with um Kenny is when you're playing like counter-attacking teams that um uh, like can drill you in a moment's notice sometimes it's not necessarily as effective. He I find that like he's so much more effective when everybody's a little bit gassed everyone's been running for about 70 minutes and then all you just need is somebody to come on and um create more creative dynamic play i think he's awesome mm-hmm. for that and he i mean it's it's been proven to be very very effective honestly it could probably just be um down to silver not necessarily liking that style of play that kenny dictates but he recognizes that it's a really powerful asset that we actually have. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know. But um, it's but the it's point is more of a Silver's perspective on it. When, yeah. when it's when it's all not working very well, you know, shuffle the deck, try something yeah, different. Totally. You know, we, we like yeah. Jack saying, yeah, we, 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 everyone's focusing hard on the strikers because that's an obvious hole. But there's other things that we can do, which maybe aren't your first choice, but they're probably fairly reliable. And mm. um, like, like I said, you know, everyone always responds very well to Kenny. I, I think Deckard over Reed works well with Kenny. Uh, I actually think William works pretty well with Kenny as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly don't think there's any players in the team that don't work with Tom Kenny. I think the only issue could be that it puts probably a bit more pressure on Polina because he has he to do it. all of the defensive work. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, I don't think that's a massive issue for him because he's already made more tackles so far this season than he did last season at this stage, and he's missed more games so far this season. So uh, I don't think Polinium having to make tackles is going to be much of an issue. So it could be could be an option to to switch it up a little bit and, and make something happen. Hey, here's, here's something for you. This time last year, Polinia playing no differently to what he's playing this year, isn't it interesting how, how how many fewer yellow cards he's picked up? Well, I uh, yeah, I think he's probably worked out that he has to be a little bit more careful. Um, he does still absolutely fly into I, some tackles, I, and maybe I actually, he's just flying under the radar a little bit. Mm, I actually don't think he is being any more careful. I think he's just going in ever. He, he's got his. He's only got one speed and one gear. I actually think there's there's kind of a bit of an acknowledgement that okay he goes in hard, but more often than not he does get the ball and it looks very ferocious and looks a bit ugly, but he does get the ball and I, I just wonder where whether there's a, a, a sort of a quiet acknowledgement that you can't just be 
brandishing yellow cards around the guy because actually, on reflection, it's nowhere near as filthy as it looks. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Usually, I would actually disagree with you, Dad. But um, what, during usually, the, but because yeah, it's a Wednesday. Ah, no, no, just, just I mean, like Thursday. Why not, why even? Just why not start Thursday. a fight? You know? Yeah, just just live would a little. Would have been a great, but great way to say. <laughs> say yeah argue with you because yeah. it is actually thursday but yeah, anyway, yeah yeah just why not just why not um no but um like during the um spurs chelsea game i, 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 I in, was, I was actually break, talking about our californian views um <laughs> during during that game joe cole made a sorry like joe cole made a ridiculous comment which i was so goddamn jarring he he said um, uh, like when it was in regards to one of the red cards, I forget which one, but, um, it's up to the referee to judge the integrity of the player when they do an action, which is a crazy statement to make from a, an ex player who actually has experience within the premier league. Cause then all that says to me is that there is genuine biases among referees. And I do think you're probably right that, um, referees have gone, well, that's the way that Jao Polina plays. And if there is malicious intent, it won't actually be as obvious as if, say, for example, Robinson does a similar style tackle to Polina, which is crazy. But I, I don't, I don't think, I think that's just a silly comment from Joe Cole, who's not a very good pundit, just FYI. Yeah, um, but even still, it's like, why would you even think that? Well, because he he was an ex player who got booked a lot for making filthy tackles, so he must think that was referees think he's a filthy player. Uh, uh, referees don't always make the right decisions, and I think the problem with Polina is he absolutely flies into tackles sometimes. And let's be honest, it is quite dangerous if he mm. misses it by three inches. Rather than taking the ball, he's taking someone's ankle and he's taking it off when he takes it as well. Um, some of those tackles he's, I've he's, seen in the highlight packages are insane, the speed that he runs at players. Oh, but yeah. you also see what happens he's afterwards. Good, he's, he's everyone good. just backs off him because they're like, I don't want any of that shit. But Look also, as well, he's, he it's, seems it's, to be it's, lovely when he's addressed by like the referee. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm no, just, but I'm but just seriously, you're right, Jack. You're right. The, the potential is there for that to be disastrous. But how how often... Does he ever actually catch someone really badly? It doesn't it doesn't happen very well, often. I'd say I'd say I mean he, he's picked up so far for Fulham it must be twelve yellow cards now, oh, and I'd sure say no. I mean he he only well, I say only I think he picked up he didn't get the three game ban last year did he? He just got the two game ban so that means he only picked mm -hmm. up nine I think and he's mm -hmm. picked up three this season or two this season. Um, Look, he's true. he's definitely doing slightly better. Um, but look, I yeah, I mean he's he's such a good player. He does make perfect tackles most of the time. So I think mm. we we all accept that when he does make some poor tackles, it's it's just part and parcel of having someone like Jaapolinia in your team, and you're kind of happy with it. Um, so look, guys, let's I'll, I'll get predictions from you guys. Uh, we did start a prediction league. It's fallen to pieces purely because of life <laughs> and admin. Um, the fantasy league is still going in the background. Fortunately, there's some people who actually care about it and and put in an effort, unlike the rest of us. But um, Sammy, your prediction for this game? You've said we'll be spanked. Has this conversation changed your opinion at all? Nope. Um, uh, I am going to. I'll, uh, 
So I think it's potentially going to be 3-0. I'm going to be optimistic and say we get a goal, so I'm going to put it at 4-1. No. That is the weirdest prediction ever, but yep, sure, 4-1. <laughs> hey, getting a goal you against Aston Villa. That's that's yeah, that's think, my optimism. You think yep. it'll be 3-0, but we'll score a goal, so it'll be 4-1. Yeah, because I can't see us not. I can't see it being three one. I can only see it being four one or three nil. That's my logic. Yeah. Okay, Dad, your, your prediction. Nine seven. Uh, no, I, I'm going two uh, one to Villa. Can you, you imagine say if it was nine seven? Can you imagine the same prediction, Sam? Yeah, I can really see um, us scoring two goals here, so I'm going Villa one nil. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, what? I want, I want, I want, I want two red cards for both Fulham and Villa, and then it becomes a nine-seven game, and it's just someone all multi out that. carnage. Oh, um, no, I, I genuinely, uh, I look, I can't see us getting much out of this game. But I think the guys are going to be very up for it because we know we're on a tough run and, and a game like Villa is going to be one that we have to target because we're not picking up points against the you know the big six sides. Um, and Villa would be a game at the start of the season where we said they, these guys are, are roughly on our level, so we should be trying to pick up a point here. I, I'm going to go with a one-all draw um, and I, I genuinely think one of our strikers is going to score. I don't know who it's going to be, but I feel like at some point, in the 12th game of the season, we can't continue to have between our three strikers, a single goal being scored. It just statistically, that just can't happen. We're not that bad a team. I don't know, Um, man. I don't know, man. Statistically speaking, statistically speaking, apparently we are that bad. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we're not. So I'm going, I'm going a one all draw and, and we do pick up a a decent point on the road against a decent Villa side. Well, I um, will be very, very happy if you are right, Jack. Nah, seven nine. Crossed, hey? Seven nine, that's the score line. <laughs> right. Um, let's move on. We're gonna talk about um the under twenty ones. They had a very good result uh last week. They played in uh the Bristol Street Motors trophy, which is one of the worst names for a trophy I've ever heard. But it is um <laughs> Effectively, the competition played between, I think it's League 1 and League 2 sides, as well as under-21 sides that are able to enter the competition. For those who don't know, uh, our under-21s have been playing in this competition, I think, for the last four or five years and haven't made it out of the group stage. This 1-0 win against Gillingham was the first time that we have made it out of the group stage. It was a really good win, a goal from uh, Paolo Bai on the 43rd minute. I don't know if you guys managed to catch the highlights of this game or at least see the goal. Um, but look, a, a really good test for the under 21s. The fact that they're playing against these are proper league teams, you know, Gillingham. Um, I don't think they're having the greatest season of all time, but they're actually testing themselves against proper men, firstly, because you're not playing in just an under 21s competition. Um, but you're playing against guys who are playing at, at a high level week in, week out. And so it's a really good chance to see the boys test themselves against higher opposition. Um, the fact that we've come out of it with um, a couple of wins and a draw, I think, across the competition is is just testament to how well the under-21s are doing. Dad, um, I guess, do you see the importance of a competition like this where we're able to test ourselves not just against other development squads who 
you know, trying young players out and um, trying new things, but playing against decent opposition. Yeah, of course. I, I'm actually, I'm still back on Bristol Street. Is um, is that like Bristol Town and Street Somerset? Is that I what's have going no on idea. there? It's, well, it's you know, just you called know, the Street, Bristol Street Motors Trophy. I think street, I played street, a gig street, with the Bristol on. Street Motors, and I'm glad that they've diversified their. No, books. Street, Street's a town. It's a village. It's where Millfield is. And I was, and I was a bad joke. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm um, sure that's what it is. I'm sure that's yeah. what it is. I mean, I, I have no idea. Um, it's just, uh, just a weird, terrible name. But anyway, yeah. Um, as as we. Obviously, we're playing Premier League in the, the the men's seniors, and so there there isn't uh, the opportunity. Or, although Europe would give us the opportunity against playing against really big sides, but um, the the women and the under twenty ones are always going to have those opportunities to to um, <clears throat> front up against different opposition. And you know the same uh, the same old adage applies, isn't it? I mean, who, who wouldn't want to test themselves? Um, I, I watched the highlights, and although there weren't a lot of goals, they're a good little side, aren't they? I mean, mm. I guess they – why wouldn't they be? They're, there are many, many, many 20-year-olds 20, 20 um, playing elite-level professional football, so there's no reason why they should be shabby. But it's just, you know, they're, they're good. They're really, really classy. And um, – um, saw a, a couple of little moments there from Luke Harris and it's mm. quite interesting because there's obviously no very few spectators and you can actually hear them calling for the ball um and 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 you know threading really really high quality passes around so yeah they look fantastic look i'm not sure i'm not sure if, i'm not sure if it's silver or if i'm not sure if it's a bit more of a focused effort but at, like as opposed to the last couple of seasons that we've had where maybe we've had just like one central new upstart like a Carvalho or um, a Sessegnon, it does feel like there is a clearer progression from under-21s to um, the main squad at the moment. Um, uh, it feels like those players are actually coming through. There is a clear desire and ambition actually put in place for them. And I think at the moment, like the results are coming just off of the bat of these guys are going, well, if I do well here, I'm actually going to be um, probably playing in the team because I'm not sure if it's silver or if it's um, part of a bigger plan, but there is clearly something in place to incentivize these guys to, um, actually be performing right now. And I, I, I mean, I've been wanting that forever. So yeah, it's really, really good. And then hopefully as well, we can actually get more of these guys out on loan as well, or hopefully just actually get them familiarized in the first team. And it just, it just being more cohesive. I like cohesion. Isn't, isn't it a slightly nasty twist of fate that, you know, Stanfield, Stansfield's gone out. Gordo's gone out. Um, obviously. No, we um, can't score a goal. Yeah. Mm. And that could have just been a real opportunity for those guys who, who, who might, you know, might still be a little way off, but you get to a point when no one's able to score a goal, you go, well, Jay, I'm, I, I, get your boots yeah, on. Look, I, I counter that in a way where 
yes, that might be an option. But at the end of the day, if Stansfield was at Fulham at the moment, I think he'd still be considered fourth choice. And yes, he yeah. might get thrown on occasionally and maybe even start a game occasionally, but he's he's still at the back of the queue. And same with Godot as well. These guys, are, these guys are top talents. But I, I have seen it talked about quite a bit saying, you know, in January, should we look at recalling Jay Stansfield and, and Marshall Godot, who's having a really good time at Wigan as well? You know, there's articles being written saying, is Jay Stansfield the championship's best loan signing of the season? Which is uh, it's great to see. I think you're right, Jack. You're right. Because actually the best thing in the long term for those guys is probably to have barnstorming seasons elsewhere. They're, gonna, they're both going to start 30-odd games this season. Mm. Yeah, at, at their level, get really confident, learn enormous amounts, and then come back to us in a year or two mm. and be real contenders. I I, th- I think, and this could be unpopular and this could um, age really, really poorly, but I feel that Stansfield is probably destined to move on to a club like Southampton or something like that, or like, I don't know, like maybe even like Sunderland, apparently red and white teams. Um, uh, but I just see him uh, never really being the first choice for us, and then moving on to somewhere where I don't necessarily—I never—I'd never really see him being a world beater. Gotto, I think, could be that. I think I think Stanfield. I, it's, I feel quite sorry for Stanfield because he's been around for ages now, and he's still so young. But I think he's just kind of been a little bit caught in that paralysis of not. I, I feel like with a lot of like um, Premier League players and just footballers in general, timing is so important for like the trajectory of their career within a club. And I, I don't know. I, I'm just not sure if I ever see it for Stanfield, which is such a shame because I actually really like him. But I feel like this Gotto dude. I feel like I feel like that could be something really cool and really special. I I, I mean I I would definitely call both of them. Where do you place Luke Harris in all of that? Oh, I really like Luke Harris, but I honestly reckon he could probably be the exact same thing as Jay Stansfield. Not necessarily um, the same victim that Stansfield is, because I, I think Stansfield, is, for, through absolutely no fault of his own, is probably the most egregious example of a youth player that it, it I can't see him fully kind of transitioning into a mainstay of like the... Um, main team. I could see. I could see um, Harris being a rotation player and then getting sold to another squad where he actually develops a bit more properly. Yeah, so I, like, I, 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 yeah. I personally, I disagree. I think one thing with Jay Stansfield, this is only his second loan signing. He's only twenty years old. Um, he went out on loan last season to Exeter, who are in League One and scored nine league goals for the season, which is a, a really good um, response from someone like him at, mm, at the totally. age of 19 when he went out. He's now taken a step up from League One into the championship, and so far he's absolutely flying five goals in 12 games. Um, I think we're actually being quite smart and not throwing him in the deep end. Um, like, and, and it's almost a good thing that he's not at the club at the moment because I think if he was, we would be throwing him in the deep end and going, we're searching for goals, you're a striker, mm. You're, you would be scoring in the under-21s at the moment and we'd be throwing him in and putting a lot of pressure on him. But instead, he's able to go elsewhere. He's actually playing under Wayne Rooney as well, which I think will also be 
a huge benefit for him because he's playing under he looks another really good. young striker. Mm. He, he's playing bits. really he well. And looks, I, yeah, he looks really good. I genuinely I think that Stansfield won't hit his straps until he's closer to sort of 23, 24. I, I think he's got another good loan season in him. Maybe he goes to a team in the championship who are pushing for promotion or even a lower-level Premier League team. Like Imagine a Luton, a team like Luton if they came up. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, look, I think Luke Harris is a different kettle of fish completely as well. He's only just turned 18, really. So he's only just been able to go out on loan to another club. Um we know that he's a good enough player because he's getting picked up in the Wales squad already. Mm. So he, he's obviously a talent and, and he's got a long road ahead of him still. He's got a couple of loan moves before he breaks into the Fulham team. It's all about timing as well with these guys. Like, you know, if, if we've got play, if, I mean, not saying he plays in the same way that Polina plays, but imagine if you had a really good youth player who played in the same fashion as Polina, you're just not going to get a look in at Fulham because you've got Polina mm. there. So it's all yeah. about timing that going, right, we've actually got an opening for an attacking midfielder because Andreas Pereira maybe moves on in a couple of years' time. And so Luke Harris naturally steps into that position. Also as well, on that subject of timing, because, I mean, the the obvious in comparison is somebody like Carvalho. And I feel that if Carvalho... Um, started like like came through the ranks in the prem. I know I know he played like two Premier League games, but um, I feel that if he started say this year, he wouldn't be thought of in the same way that um, he's remembered now, and he probably wouldn't have got the same profile enough to go to Liverpool. I think he massively massively benefited from being with us in the Championship with a complete squad around him to actually let him shine give him the time because everything was just kind of covered and then he could just do that. Um, if Stanfield was probably a bit more like developed, maybe that could have been him. I mean, obviously behind Mitrovic, it's never going to be the same, but I, 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 I just feel with like a lot of these guys. Yeah. As, as we've just kind of went around circles saying just the timing of which they progress is so important, but as long as it's prioritized, which it seems to be happening right now, then hopefully we don't necessarily run into situations where we lose players like Carvalho and such. Yeah, I agree. I hope we don't lose um, some of these guys because we've got a lot of talent floating around and there's some double-ups in positions. I mean, look at someone like um, Aaron lapalo Bay who scored the goal against mm. Gillingham. I mean, he is effectively behind Godot and Stansfield in the ranks here for starting striker. Mm. Um, so he, he's got to push past those guys. You look at some of the other midfielders, the young midfielders coming through, um, they've got to push past Luke Harris, Tyrese Francois. These guys with genuine Premier League experience now, and mm. you're asking, you, you know, you've got these young guys who are pushing for um, for game time in the under twenty ones. That's where these loan moves actually work out really well for us because they're the guys we want to go out on loan to give more opportunities to the up and comers. Um, but we, look, we've seen it with with the youth system now. It's producing some players for us. We've got um, um, Luke de Fougerol's now sort of, I mean, I don't expect he'll start many games, but he's on the bench pretty much every game. Devin Tanton as well on the bench and and made his um, debut uh, in the cup game. Yeah. We've got Luke Harris pretty much sitting on the bench for every game. Tyrese Francois on the bench fairly often. Dibley Diaz as well. Yeah, Like there's, there's some good youth players who have come through from the academy 
who are pushing for starts now. It's it's all about how we develop them going forward. And look, as we sort of started talking about, it's competitions like this that really help with that development because you do see these players pushed against a higher level than other development squads. And you can really start to see, right, this guy could potentially make it because he can handle uh, another League One side. And you have to be able to handle those tough games. And you're not going to get that playing in just a pure development competition. Mm. And again, we're oh, massively it's, 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 mm. it's very interesting how when a, a group of players who are very hard to separate or you're trying to work out and spot the class, you pressurize them by putting them up against a, a, another level. It's very, very interesting how most of the pack drop off and then someone just surprises you with their composure or their ability to, you know, think very, very quickly and actually react very quickly and you think, hmm, that's interesting. Also as well, to add to that point as well, I think it's really, really different when you are one of like only one. uh, So say, for example, you're like playing in the under-21s and you're one of, you're the only player that gets brought up to be in the starting or like the the rotation of the first team. It's a lot of pressure on um, a player who's just kind of like ascending through and it just has to deal with kind of um, the gravitas of that moment. Whereas if that's shared among like five guys who are also in your similar position, similar age, similar profile, I think you benefit a lot more from that. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a manager or an expert on this kind of stuff, but it feels like if you're on the bench with three other of your contemporaries, that's a lot easier because then you at least you know that oh well if such and such comes on then i can link up with them as opposed to playing with these guys that i'm slightly intimidated by yeah i mean i think any kind of experience for these guys is is so vital and you know they're they're all developing they they're young they're they're trying to make a mark for themselves so these kind of games are are so important for them um one thing i will say gone Actually, I was going to comment on, um, in I think it was the Ipswich game. I think that was the game where Bassey and Defugerols played together at the back. Yeah. yeah? Hmm. Mm. It was really funny because there was this really lovely shot of Luke Defugerols, Bassey talking to him and sort of, um, I don't know, just giving him some words of wisdom. And Luke Defugerols was sort of nodding his head like a prep school boy to a, 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 his master. Uh, it was actually... <laughs> It was actually very sweet, and he was incredibly respectful, and mm-hmm. just like taking it all in. And I just, and like you say, it, it must be incredibly intimidating mm-hmm. for young kids. And he seems like a very humble kid. He's not at all cocky in any way. Um, it must be so big stepping up and suddenly playing in front of thirty thousand people. Oh, can you, ima- was can you imagine? Sorry, sorry, no, What's you. Go, Jack. I was going to say it was also good post game. I don't know if you saw. Polina making a real effort yeah, to yeah, push yeah. the Fugerals oh, and, yeah, and Devin Tanton across to the fans and mm. make sure mm. that they got their moment. And I think that was a, a really nice moment. Yeah, very nice. What I was going to wrap up the under-21s chat with was, um, I don't know if you guys looked at the Gillingham lineup, but um, there's actually a, a player there who you might know the name of, Sammy and, and Dad, um, a certain Max Ema, who we actually went to school with back in the day. Who, is that um, Franzi's brother? Yep. Um, who's the centre-back for Gillian. So he's, random. 
actually made 350 appearances for Gillingham over the last, um, oh, how, he's been there for, yeah, almost 10 years now. Um, very random to think that we um, knew him as a kid. And, I, I, yeah, I followed his career from a distance. He started at QPR and made one appearance for them and then um, and found himself at Gillingham 10 years ago, and he's been there ever since. So wild. That is that is crazy. Is he big now? I remember him being quite small, but again, I very yeah. really really yeah. yeah. He always was a little uh, a very small kid at school, but he's yeah he's pretty huge now. Um, yeah. But anyway, I couldn't even. I didn't even think I could. I didn't even think I could put a face to him. Uh, all I remember from school, he loved football. Um, absolutely loved it. Yeah, um, and yeah, it he's is. gone on to make a very was good it, career. Was he, in, was he in your year, Sam? No, Franz, Franzi was in my year. Franzi was in my year. And he's I, 31, so he's yeah. a year older than Sam. Yeah. What's your other mate, Jack? Um, it's very random. But what's your other mate from uh, from the house who, uh, who who had a career? What a question. Well, like like that that's so broad. Didn't Andrew didn't Andrew Palumbo um play no, no, for no. he played played some some random Swedish uh, team. Anyway, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's there's we've had we've crossed paths with a few players in our time, but context. Um, context, context. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on and um not wrap up this show, but let's talk about the um Fulham women's team. So uh this Sunday uh, is the next round of the FA Cup, uh, Fulham taking on Portsmouth. The game's at Motspur Park. It's a very busy Sunday. Fulham playing um, at Villa Park Sunday afternoon. The women kicking off half an hour beforehand. Um, so if you're not making your way up to Villa Park, it'd be great to see more people down to support the Fulham women's team as they take on Portsmouth. Um, guys, it's another instance where this Fulham team are taking on a, a Portsmouth team who are playing i think a couple of steps higher than us um yeah what what are we expecting from a game like this because obviously we played actonians came away with a good victory there um is this going to be a step too far or do we think we've got it in us to get another upset result how could we know uh it's very difficult to uh to be able to uh, really size up an opponent like that i mean um You'd have to expect that this is going to be a really tough game for for the women. Really difficult. You know, surely Portsmouth are going to be very, very tough. But who knows? Well organised, up for it, home. Yeah, look, look. Yeah, look, there's okay, there's been quite a lot of heavy rotation um in the women's squad pretty recently as well, kind of with the foresight of just making everyone be um accessible. At any point, um, I saw um, uh, an interview the other day with uh, like Libby Stratton, and she was basically talking about how, um, like, uh, the everything is so routine now, and everything is just so um, fo- hyper focused on the game that they want to play. I would be very surprised if, in any capacity, they let Portsmouth play the game that they want to play. Um, like the girls are pretty vicious at the moment, but also just they, they, they. It's it's very head down and it's very um, uh, just kind of know your role, stick to the plan. The plan is good. The plan is rock solid. And you know, like mm. if nothing else, if nothing else, the girls are not struggling to get goals like at all. So that 
I'd be so, so, so surprised if this was anything close to a 1-0 or like even a, even a 2-1. I, f- I feel like the girls are going to come in pretty hard for this. But, um, I mean, who's who's to say? Who's to say? I'm being incredible. Be a big result. Be a great result. Be yeah, but very, I feel like they've got win. it in them. I feel like they've yeah, got it in sure. them. I mean, like Portsmouth is like a club, as far as I'm aware, that they are just kind of like moving through their season fairly competently, but they don't necessarily have the same momentum that the girls do. Surely not. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, they're, they're sitting a couple of rungs above us. We're obviously at level five in, in the pyramid. Portsmouth is sitting at level three. So, you know, the next step up um, from the National League South, which is the league they play in, is the Women's Championship. And then you're, you know, one promotion away from playing at the very highest level. So it's not like, um, I mean, we, we hope that we get a result in this game, but it's definitely not going to be an easy one. I think um, what you've said, though, Sammy, is is right. It's all about just not looking at this game in a different way and, and basically taking it, uh, you know, one minute at a time as the game goes and, and sticking to the plan throughout. And, and you, I think probably just going out there and enjoying it and playing the natural game, which is to go out there, score goals, play entertaining football and and hope we come away with, with a good result. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I was going to say a point. I was going to say a point. I was going to say a point. It's late for me. Well, it's late for me. It's late for me. <laughs> you, you, you've got to hope that, given that Portsmouth, um, you know, obviously uh, a bigger name club and a bigger name team uh, coming to to Mottsford Park, you you got to hope that we we do drag a few extra people down there to support the women. Mm, I, I'm, yeah, I hope absolutely. that happens because because that because that can make a big difference. You know, if, if we've got 500 people down there um that 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 makes a huge difference Mm. so if you listen if you're listening and you're not traveling to villa um have a think about it (laughs) yeah definitely and look this this portsmouth sides you know we we touched on it slightly but they they finished fourth in the league they're only um six points off making that playoff to get up into the championship so um they're definitely a good side but we I, i think we we have the ability this season to to really push forward. I think the signings that we made in the off season um, are just have made such a difference so far this year. I mean, looking at someone like um, a Sasha Adamson who signed from Hashtag United, who mm. are in the same league as Portsmouth. Um, Portsmouth's currently sitting top of the Southern Premier Division at the moment, um, but level on points with Hashtag. And so we've picked up a player who, you know, is at that standard. And I think... It's also raised the standard around the club and everyone sort of sees the vision of how we move through the leagues from here and mm. sees that the club is is making, you know, a fairly significant investment to try and move through the through the divisions as well. Mm. So, uh, look, it's, it's a really good test for us, I think. You know, if you look mm. back across results over the last five years or so, you see some um, some games against teams in higher leagues and, big score lines and, and some pretty hard to take losses. And so even if this game doesn't turn out to be a victory, it's all about the manner in which we we make sure we we sort of try to put it really plainly. But you, you don't want to see us concede multiple goals. You want to see the defence stay rock solid throughout the whole game and make sure that we, we sort of come out of the game with our head held high no matter what the result. And, and really put in a huge effort to to come away and, and make a bit of a point that we're far too good for this league. We need to be pushing forward and moving up. And, and mm. look, it's it's a way to attract 
players in the future as well to say this is a mm. team who are going to get promoted and keep moving through the levels. So actually, come come play for Fulham. One one thing I will, one thing I will actually add on to that point as well. I'm not sure if try is the right word. I think I think um like as long as they go in with like focus and attention and also just see um Port um Portsmouth as like their contemporaries their equals i think they'll give them a really decent game one thing i actually really appreciate and respect actually about like the women's team at the moment is every single team that they play against is on their level every single team that like they go up against you you just get the idea that like there is no team that they play doesn't matter if they're three like leagues above them every single person is uh on the chopping block every single person can be spanked as long as we play our game and i think that that's awesome i think that's really really cool about these girls i mean i i don't know about you guys but like this it feels like a really really special season for them i can't see them not going all the way i feel like there's this wind in the sails there's wind in the sails it's good yeah i agree um <laughs> thanks, I guess Jack. Another, thanks yeah i mean i can't say much more than that let's be honest sammy you've yeah. <laughs> given given a Shakespearean monologue, so I'm not going to try and add oh, more to it. Um, <laughs> what what I will say is is just a reminder as well that after this game, um, on on this coming Sunday, next Sunday is the game against uh, Arsenal. That's the game at Craven Cottage. So just a big reminder again to make sure that you do get your tickets now. Um, Five pounds for adults, one pound for kids. A really good opportunity to get down to the cottage, watch this women's team live, and and really enjoy the season that they're having because it's a really special season and a really special team as well. Um, what I will do, we, we talked about the upcoming game, but let's talk about the game um, from last weekend, which was the win in the League Cup against uh, Clapton CFC. Um, a really good game against a really well-run club as well. This is a community-run, community-owned club, and um, everything that I've seen on the socials has just been about how enjoyable an experience it was playing against a team like this who was super welcoming and really just enjoyed um, playing against Fulham who were obviously sitting a level above them, but not just that, but they, they just, it's such a really good sense of community with that club. So mm-hmm. um, it was great to see all the, all the positivity off the back of that, but more importantly, a really good win um, after an early own goal from Fulham Um we, we managed to hit back. It looked a little bit shaky for a while there when you see the team go 1-0 down so early and um, goals not flying in like we're kind of used to at the moment. But um, individual goals from Heisman, Mendez, Stormer and Bouchel managed to wrap out the game and um, a really solid 4-1 victory and uh, moving on in the next into the next round of the Cup. Guys, uh, I don't know if you managed to catch the highlights of this one. I did. I, yep, I did. I did. Did see them. Comment um, away. Um, <laughs> honestly, it was actually a bit difficult to see. So a, a lot of the action was uh, in the distance, in the sun, um, and. Uh, well, I saw a spanking. I saw a spanking of a lovely community team that we decimated, um, uh, <laughs> and we we thwacked them. What's another like Batman quip? Um, we hadoved them. Uh, and you know what? Like, <laughs> I'm sticking with that. But genuinely, genuinely, like, just just fully in control, fully in control from everything that I've everything that I saw. Just, I mean, 
it's it's just precision, isn't it? Like they just know exactly where they just know exactly how to run their game against these very kind, welcoming squads. Uh, Matt and no, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it, it looked like we bullied a lot of goals over the line actually damn right we bullied a lot of goals over the line like um so you, want, you need a, you need an ugly win occasionally it's yeah. all about the result <laughs> at the end of the day oh, actually there actually as well like I like uh, like I'll, I'll I'll plug I'll plug it um because um like I we we, we made a couple of songs for um like uh two two of the girls um uh uh, who who do we make? Um, we made one for Bouchelle and uh, Manzi. Manzi, and it's 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 great actually watching like the highlights, just being like, "Come on, Bouchelle! Come on, Bouchelle! I want to be able to plug this. I want to be able to like." And it and that, that but that's okay. That's probably one of the most important things you can actually do with this team as well. Just like everything's there to be like to celebrate them at the moment so like it's just an added incentive to enjoy so i it was really nice actually to like watch the highlights as well and just to be able to like really just identify with like the girls a little bit more off the back of that and then just yeah maybe i've just been living in like the headspace of just making the stuff right now so i was in my brain i was like i want to hey. see you do it so it all kind of like comes together Good job as well, Sammy. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, a... I was going to actually properly spruik the fact that um, those who've been following us might have seen that we did release um, a few songs. So the the idea behind it, I guess, is, you know, we, we're hoping to see maybe 5,000 or more people down at Craven Cottage next Sunday. Um, and it would be great to, I guess, for, for the fans who are going to be in attendance to get to know these people a, a little better and have a few songs to sing for them in the stands as well because I just, I just I would love to be able to watch back the game and, you know, hear people chanting a song for Edie Bruchel and for Sophie Manzi and, look, we've got a few more in the pipeline as well and um, there's a few special things coming up with those. Um, and, look, I think now would probably be, be a good time to release another one as well. Um, so as we said at the start of the podcast, we've been, um, yeah, kind of putting ourselves under the pump completely by, um, saying, let's try and come up with as many songs as possible in the next, uh, 10 days or so. Um, so today we'll be releasing our third song after Edie Bouchelle and Sophie Manzi. And this is a song for our very own Maddie Parsonson. So let me just cue it up now pretend that we are really good at this and here we go see if you can name the song and sing along swinging across Maddie Parsonson cross it with all of your might cause we all could do with another goal you are the best on the right Beautiful. Uh, did you know that song, Dad? I did, yeah. Now for people before? Yeah, now for people who aren't following on the YouTube, I did set off a flare during that song because I got <laughs> so pumped up by it. So my house is currently on fire just because I was just so engrossed by the energy 
um, <laughs> for Maddie Parsonson. So, I mean, if that happens to me, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's going to go down because <laughs> that's just that's just one person to say. Well, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm hoping that we get uh, a few people singing some of these songs. And look, we we like I said, we're all trying to just pump out as much as possible and really trying to support the women um, for their game at the cottage. And uh, I'm hopeful that some of these songs, even though a little bit silly, someone did comment on Twitter saying, "Are these guys really getting paid to do this?" And we're really no, not getting paid to do this. No, but we are pressuring each other individually in a very kind of intense, probably not okay kind of way. <laughs> because it's all it's all kind of like self-inflicted. I feel like I'm kind of like part of a record label right now. And they're just kind of like <laughs> breathing down my neck. It's like it's like it's when's like... So when's when's the track gonna come out? I'm like, just fucking leave me alone. I need no, to get no, in my no. I need to get in my zen. Okay. No, it's it's like your 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 showbiz father sold you at eleven, and yeah. uh, you know I'm he's, Michael he's, Jackson right now. He sold you for twenty albums in advance, and yeah. I've already spent I've already spent the money. I've got the yacht, and now you yeah. have to deliver. Yeah, Ray Charles yeah, got you chained to shit. a desk, <laughs> just chained to a desk, just writing. Right, Sam, come on. Yeah. And no, it's it's very toxic at the moment in the group chat. Um, <laughs> so but toxic. We're, we're we're really loving doing it. But yeah. genuinely, I actually Honestly. really am loving doing it. It's it's yeah. quite good fun. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, look, job. we've got a couple more. Yeah, we all do. Well, not so much, Dad. But um, yeah, look, we've all got um, we we've got a few more in the pipeline as well, and we're hoping to get as many out as possible before the game on Sunday. Um, so do keep an eye on. Uh, the Twitter feed because we'll keep posting them there. Please as well do share them, uh, like them, pass them around because you know we would love to see all five thousand people knowing the lyrics to this song uh, at the cottage on Sunday and, and to all of these songs and to really, uh, I mean, what a game it would be if Arsenal women rock up to Craven Cottage expecting a handful of people to rock up to um, to this game and they find five thousand people at the cottage singing songs about the girls. It would oh, just be, be it would just create such an atmosphere, and I, yeah. I would just love to see that. And look, we we we're a small podcast at the end of the day, hoping, crossing our fingers that we make a bit of an impact. But um, I'm hoping that this is something. It's a little bit fun for us to do, and um, people get a bit of enjoyment out of it. Um, awesome and as we've well. had You'd... some really nice feedback so far about it. You don't have to like the song, but if you don't if you don't sing them, I will die inside. So <laughs> you just like you just kind of have to just take that into account um, whenever you listen. It's not about it's not about the overall song. It's about that if you don't reiterate our work, I will hate myself. So just <laughs> just do, just deal with that. Just do with that what you will. I was going to say, Sam, <laughs> you say, you saying you don't have to like the song is such a lie because we all know that you really want everyone to absolutely love the song. No, just and to be so fair, you I, should I, as well. I, 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 don't, I don't need you to love the song, but if you don't sing them, I will cry. <laughs> <laughs> we all will after the extra hours being put into music music genuinely, production, which isn't genuinely. isn't part of the podcast script. But um, no, For, fortunately, Sam is very good at this, and so we've uh, managed to spruce a few out and um i'm hopeful that we'll be able to get a few more out over the coming days so do keep an eye on the socials we'll be posting them on twitter with little lyric videos as well for people to to make sure they know the words and can sing along 
So, guys, I think we can happily say we've covered an awful lot. We've previewed the Villa game. We've talked about the under-21's recent result and uh, qualification for the next round of the Cup. We've talked about the uh, women's progression in the Cup as well as their upcoming games over the next couple of weeks. And we've released Maddie Parsonson's new song as well. So um, a, a very hectic podcast with us all scurrying away an hour beforehand been finalizing things and, and getting it all done but i think we've done ourselves uh, a, a justice here and, and put together a decent decent show for everyone so sammy it's uh i don't even know what time it is for you it must be close to 1 a.m for you now i think it's yeah. time to turn in yeah. well Actually, i think no, i've got behind that production desk and i was about to say i've work. got homework don't i because you guys you guys before this podcast <laughs> was like you've got extra stuff that you need to do so yeah. I'm just be like like we might need to start a Patreon after this because I there's only so much I can do. Um, no, no, I I actually I you know you know how I feel. I love a good hectic podcast. I love I love I love I love the stressed energy. So no, it's been really fun, really 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 fun. And um, I'm I'm going to be busy, so I will leave it there. Thank you for having me. All good, Dad and Sam. I, um, sorry, all good, Sam and Dad. I think uh, you book yourself in for a couple more yoga sessions based on all the stress around the podcast at the moment? No, I've got yachting staff to pay for, so get back to it, Sam. <laughs> Very true. Um, thank you for everyone who's joined along on the live stream. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and so until next time, come on, you whites. Come on, you whites.